and my dad's not the kind of guy that to give compliments or, or to give you a pat on the back very easily. And that's probably an understatement, but he, he has said many times unprovoked. Wow. Like you are doing so much stuff. Your life is cool. He's like, I, I never understood it. You know, your life is, is really cool right now. You're doing amazing things more than I ever thought you were going to do back when you started these crazy things. Lightning struck in an open plane And we forgot this old city's name See your breath on window pane Let's just talk till it strikes again On my way through I saw you on my way to our newest series, Campfire Chats. And this series of shows is so important because it is going to be broadcast on both of our podcasts, the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast and the Location Indie podcast. So if you're listening on the EPOP podcast, hello, travel nerds. And if you're listening on the Location Indie podcast, get ready for a behind the scenes, unfiltered, no holds barred look at the realities of the Location Independent Lifestyle. That's the first time I've done both intros in one thing. So that feels kind of weird and good. Um, if you guys are listening on both, you like it so much that you're like, I'm going to listen on EPOP and LI. A uh, huge thank you. Let me know. You're getting those download numbers up, up, up. So shoot me a message on IG at Extra Pack of Peanuts. Let me know you listen to both shows. Uh, that will warm my heart. And so why is the Campfire Chats so incredible? And why are we calling them Campfire Chats? I am bringing on a bevy of people who are responsible for making our biggest event of the year, Camp Indy, which is our adult summer camp and conference. You can check it out, campindy.com. They are responsible for making this possible. It's travelers, entrepreneurs, digital nomads, and adventure seekers who are all living life on their own terms and who are gracious enough to come and help you do the same thing, both today in podcast form, but if you come to Camp Indy, in person as well. And today I've got two people who both attended Camp Indian 2021 who are among the first people actually to sign up this year and who are the most integral members of our community when we talk about location indie. I've got John McKenzie, the curious traveler, and you can find him and all the stuff that he does over at John the Curious Traveler, aptly named there, right on Instagram. So John, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. It always seems so formal. John, thanks for joining me, right? Uh, it's like, we're all friends here. And my good buddy, Jason Robinson, you'll hear me call him J-Rob, author of the Beginner Traveler's Guide to Going Nomad and founder of thenomadexperiment.com. And to this day, J-Rob, one of my favorite things and uh, wisdom that you imparted time and time again when you talked about your journey is you just kept saying, let's just treat this as an experiment. Let's just treat this as an experiment. And it takes the pressure off of, I know we're going to talk a little bit about that, but uh, I always give you credit. I always come back to it. Let's just treat this thing of life as an experiment. So thanks for joining me, J-Rob. Glad to be here. I just want to say that the first time we did a podcast in person, I was mesmerized by your intro. I was like sitting there watching you. And this time you doubled up on it. And I'm just like, man, he needs to treat him like do a master class on podcast intros. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I guess when you're 800 odd episodes in, hopefully the intro kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit. Um, 
Although there's still times, like sometimes I forget which one's which. Like if I'm doing one of the episodes, I'm like, wait, 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 which? Okay, okay, this is the pop intro. Um, so both at once, it, it kind of is easy because it doesn't matter if I mess it up, right? Like I, I just say both. Um, cool. Well, welcome, guys. And one of the neat things about today's roundtable and about this campfire chat th- that I'm personally excited for is both of you used Camp Indy in 2021. And those guys who don't know, we ran one in, in 2021. It was like, COVID's gone. You can run this event. Nope, just kidding. It's back. So it was like this weird scaled down version in September, 2021, when we officially ran the first one. And now we're running our second one, but our first one at scale, our first bigger one. And what what was so awesome to me about both of your stories is that you both used Camp 2021 as a kind of a line in the sand as a jumping off point for the next phase of different things. So we're going to talk about that, but I want you to just, we'll start at the end right now. I want you to set the scene and J-Rob, we'll have you go first because I people can't see it because it's not video, but like you are in a brick room. So I'm like, what is the scene? Let's set the scene. Tell people a little bit about what you're doing right now and and kind of what life looks like at this point and what you're able to do. So literally right now I'm in Oaxaca, Mexico in a co-living spot. So for those that are uh, uninitiated, co-living is kind of like a a compromise between a a hostel and a co-working space. Um, But here we have access to our own rooms if we want them. So I have my own room here for two months and there's a co-working space. So I'm actually in a sound booth in the co-working space, uh, which is where, you know, when you have phone calls or podcast interviews, this is where you come to, to do those. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, just got back here and then heading back to the States to go to Camp Indy and then heading over to Bulgaria for a couple of months and just going to hunker down in Bulgaria. And, you know, life looks like uh, living and working in a new place for a couple of months, you know, popping back into the U.S. to deal with, you know, some of the medical issues that I have to deal with and travel and getting, getting my supplies for going away for a long time and then, you know, heading back out. So how long, like, what was a big pivot point? How long has this been where you've been like, where you've been doing what, you know, you got the great domain name, the nomad experiment. So how long have you been experimenting with the nomad lifestyle? Cause even I forget the exact dates of how this came about. So you, you probably know this, that I have a, a document. Well, anybody who's read the book, they know I have a document called my monumentous moments. And it started out as like, I was going to look at moving forward. Let's keep track of some of these, these pivot points in life. And what it ended up happening is I started backfilling all of these things. Um, so I actually have dates for almost everything. So it was like 2017 that I actually secured the, the name, the nomad experiment, but more importantly, it was a conversation I was having with my mom. And I was like, I just, you know, I'm frustrated. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm writing on this blog that was back then called the, the DGTL nomad. And I didn't even know what a digital nomad was. I knew it was something that I was interested in and I wanted to try. And there were all these people doing this, but I, I felt like a fraud. I was like, I can't write about, I can't proclaim that this is the digital nomad.com when I'm really learning about this. And, and we were talking through it and I was like, you know, it's, it's more like an experiment. It's like, it's like a nomad experiment. And then all these bells and whistles went off. Um, the reason the bells and whistles went off is because I'm a wildly analytical person and, you know, I, I'm in my head a lot and making decisions, especially decisions going against the flow, going against the grain of society or family or friends. Like there's a lot of weight there, but the moment I said, 
these are just experiments. I can do this for a week or a month or six months. All of a sudden that load was lightened for me. And I was able to just kind of go after things and be like, you know, if this works great, if it doesn't fine, learn from it and move forward. Um, but yeah, you know, I started listening to these podcasts back in, I believe 2016, uh, and then joined Location Indie in 2017. And then I sold my home. We, we were talking about it before the show. I put my house on the market four years ago yesterday uh, and sold my house, went went full nomadic, went over to Europe, drove across the U.S. for two months, went to Caratro, Mexico for two months. And that's when COVID hit and I was sent back to the U.S. Um, the last of the Cliffs notes are eight months later, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and we were like on lockdown for that. And then a year later was able to go to Camp Indy. And that was a, a, a springboard. I went over to Portugal for three months after that, met up with some other location indie folks in Portugal. And then, um, yeah, so travel has, my, my travel life has ramped up uh, again since then, so. Yeah, speaking of travel life ramping up, I feel like John, since he's made his big decision, I mean, I, I'm like jealous watching your Facebook, John, because like, man, this guy's getting to go to all the places that I want to go to. So give everyone a little bit of a rundown, just like J-Rob did, of kind of, of, of your story and what you've been able to do. I'm not going to spoil it, but since you've broken free a little bit, not a little bit, but what you've been able to do. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I'm, uh, right now I'm actually home for, you know, a few minutes, <laughs> but, um, yeah, thinking back to kind of the beginning of all of this, uh, was probably, it was 2018. Um, I had just gotten back from a work conference and for some reason checked an email and I saw this thing called TravelCon, And I thought, I looked at the agenda and everything looked really interesting. And I thought, what would it be like if I actually just went to a conference that, just take some vacation days and go. It was in Austin, Texas. I'd never been there. So it was like, okay, new city, new place. Um, and just, you know, just for the heck of it, it was, you know, I was curious. So <laughs> I registered and it was like, uh, I think it was uh, less than two months before. Um, and I went there and that was just like, oh my God, I can't believe there's other people. I mean, of course I was aware of other people, but it was kind of like being in the midst of them and then meeting people and listening to everybody talk about, you know, this lifestyle of traveling and, you know, everybody was doing different things, but it really definitely opened my mind to like, okay, there's something else out there. And I knew this all along, but it was kind of a, it was definitely a push to kind of get me going. So that's kind of where everything started. Um, even though I'm, I'm no stranger to having left my job, I did that before, but I didn't know anybody else who mm. was doing any of this stuff. So, um, but I, uh, yeah, so I, I worked, um, you know, I was in, uh, working at a university and tried to still take vacation, but kind of in the, you know, in the background was trying to figure out what was I going to do. Um, and then, I attended the the MexX uh, in Querétaro with with Location Indie um, right after I think it was I think I joined right after that or sometime that that year um, at the end of the 2018 and then yeah I kind of just started picking things up from there um, and then in 2020 the the leap year which is now LLA uh, and then of course <laughs> we had a little pandemic but. Um, Kind of fast forwarding back to Camp Indy, 
when, uh, you know, I, I was kind of put on the hot seat. <laughs> um, Not kind of. <laughs> very much so. John on Camp Bindi 2021 was put on a hot seat. And I'll tell you from my perspective what it kind of looked like. I don't know who put you on. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was someone else. Um, but it was like John had talked about. I knew that travel was like that was your thing. You had spent time in the Peace Corps. You had gone to all these places. Like you were being stifled by a job and you knew it and we all knew it. Right. But knowing it is one thing. And if people feel that way, you, you're probably like, yeah, I, I, I feel stifled. But then taking the steps necessary to, to, to change that are very difficult, as we all know, hence why we have a community, hence why we have events to surround ourselves with these people. And so John had talked about it, he planned and all this. And uh, yeah, finally, when I got John in person, or when John was in person at Camp Indy, we said, okay, man, like, you get to decide when you're going to leave this job. But at some point, you have to like, we all know that this is you cannot stay in this for forever. And uh, yeah, you take the story from there because I was like, I, now that I got him in person, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to get a date and we're going to make a plan for real. Yeah. Um, and well, and also just the whole idea of, you know, Camp Indian at that particular time with the pandemic and it was the first time I'd been around more than, you know, a handful of people and it was kind of a re-injection of the motivation that I needed at that time. And yeah, you were like, okay, what's the quit date? <laughs> and I just, it was September. So I kind of randomly picked April 1st, just thinking April fools, I'm not going to be a fool anymore. And um, yeah, so kind of as soon as I said that out loud, it became kind of a, a commandment. It was set in stone. This, I mean, sure. I knew that there was flexibility, but I was, I I've done that before and I really wanted to, to work towards it. And there was enough time, it, you know, it kind of eased my, my worries and that, that voice in my head that was like, Oh, but you know, but what, what if, what if, you know, all the what ifs and, and it was enough time to kind of build that confidence and say, okay, well, you know, there are a lot of other options. You'll have time to save some money, and which I had been doing anyway over uh, the pandemic. And so, yeah, so then I managed to to do it. In early 2022, um, I actually uh, teamed up with John Burnett, another uh, friend of uh, Location Indy, um, who I met at Camp Indy. Um, and he and I have been coaching sessions since then. And, and this is how I'm kind of working towards my branding and everything. But um, yeah, since then I quit on April 1st and then less than a month, I went to travel the second travel con, uh, which unfortunately was the last episode or the last uh, offering of it. But at that time, you know, it was a, a different uh, it was a different me. I was kind of able to go full steam ahead. And then for the rest of that year and then beginning of this year, I've done a lot of travel, uh, some conferences and just some uh, bucket list items. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start. I'll mention in the fall, I went to another travel conference. That was another big uh, breakthrough for me to meet people who had been or either who had been or want to go to every country in the world. So that was the Extraordinary Travel Festival. And in Armenia, was, correct? Yeah, in Armenia. Which and, even for travelers, you say Armenia, it's like, eh, they're going to have a hard time finding that on the map. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they had just had uh, another conflict with their neighbor, Azerbaijan, and it was, you know, but it, everything was fine. It was an amazing trip. I got to travel. And then I also did uh, kind of an experiment <laughs> in a co-living uh, facility in Tbilisi, Georgia, which is right next door. Um, but my um, my longtime planning, planned uh, bucket list item finally happened earlier this year when I went to Antarctica. So that was uh, that was kind of a dream starting back to 2011 um, when I was starting to go to all the continents. And so this became my final continent. And uh, aside from, you know, aside from that, it was just totally amazing. And I, I'm still, I feel like it's hard to process even, you know, a couple months removed from it. There's so many uh, wonderful aspects of it. But uh, while I was there, <laughs> uh, you have to go to Argentina to get there. So I stayed there for um, another month and explored Argent a little bit of Argentina and Uruguay. So lots of really True location in the fashion. Well, I mean, I'm going to Antarctica. I got to at least hang in Argentina two nights. No, 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 no. A month. And I'm going to go over to Uruguay. And I'm going to bring my partner down. So your partner, Mark, came down as well. So you got to share that with him because a neat part of your story was that you set a quit date, but your husband also, even though we always say like, you you can tell this too, like you were the one who was all in on location and you were part of our community. You got it, right? Cool. Mark was a little like, yeah, these guys are a little goofy, <laughs> right? But when he came to Camp India, I think he got to experience why we were all so passionate about building a lifestyle that didn't fit into the conventional norms all the time because of what it allowed you to do. And then he did something pretty remarkable. Yeah. He committed to retiring uh, from he's in the public school system. So he, um, he was thinking, you know, I want more time for myself too. He, he actually loves his job, uh, but he did not like getting up at six <laughs> something in the morning. And um, yeah, he was, of the retirement age. So uh, just this past September, he had his, uh, his last, last day and he retired. And uh, now he goes back to sub whenever he wants to. And mm. it's very, uh, yeah, he was supposed to go back last week, but he said, I don't want to. So he didn't until today, actually, it's the first day. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, it, and it's cool. I think one of the neat things about that is we don't know who we're going to affect. Sometimes it's right in front of our face right? Okay. I'm doing this or I'm pushing this, my comfort zone. So my partner's going to see it or my kids or my, my mom or dad, like someone that we know really well. So sometimes it's very apparent that we are helping others maybe see this lifestyle or, or push this. But J-Rob, like in your case with writing the book, you know, that can be in the hands of anyone. You're not beholden to just the people that you come in immediate contact with. So talk a little bit about that process here, Rob, about, about kind of building this ripple effect. Because as I mentioned, your term of like, I'm treating this as an experiment, I've used plenty of times on podcasts when I've talked to people. And I feel like even just that, that idea that we can treat as an experiment has had its own ripple effects. John even mentioned it like, yes, yeah, it's just like an experiment. So for you... What, because it wasn't always natural for you. So kind of unpack that, like this, this, this idea of going and going against the norm. Cause you said for you, I'm analytical. 
So pushing against the grain wasn't my natural inclination right away, especially when it came to travel. Yeah. So, you know, I also didn't see my fourth and my third country outside the U.S. until I was 40 years old. So the beginning of this was you've never traveled. You're doing this solo. You might want to be this digital nomad at some point. You have to start chipping away at this. So I started traveling domestically. I just started taking a flight for a week or so to this city that had a hostel and, and flexed that comfort zone and tried this little experiment, that little experiment. Um, and it, it essentially over the course of, you know, well, we probably shouldn't skip the fact that I chose for one of those years to not sleep in my bed in my home for one quarter of the year. And that was a totally an arbitrary uh, challenge at the beginning of the year. I was like, well, yeah, if you're, if you're gonna, if you're, if you're gonna live on the road or whatever, you might want to force yourself to do that. Okay. Well, I'll do that for a quarter of the year. And that meant either going to stay in, in another city or going to stay with family or friends somewhere, somewhere that wasn't my comfort zone. And then the next year I was like, well, can't do the same thing because that's stagnation. What are you going to do now? So I did a third of the year, which is 122 days. And once I did that experiment, along with all these other little small experiences in between, I realized that I didn't want my house anymore. And I didn't, you know, I was more comfortable out traveling. So over the course of two years, you know, I went from, I am so afraid of travel and there's so much apprehension to I'm more stressed when I go home to, to this place than I am whenever I'm not traveling. And once I, once I flipped that um, script, I was just like, okay, this is an easy decision at that point. Um, but, you know, as far as the book goes, you know, I had, I had so many family and friends. I, I was telling the story the other day to somebody here. I had family and friends that were genuinely concerned about my mental well-being because, and they literally sat and I understand the difference between literally and figuratively. They literally sat me down and they were like, we're worried about you. Are you okay? What is all this? Why are you liquidating your life? Why are you doing these things? Because they weren't living when I was living. They weren't experiencing these positive moves. They were just seeing from the outside, well, Jason's doing a lot of weird stuff in a, in a fairly short amount of time. Um, so I wanted to mention when John was talking, you know, when we write stuff and when we do podcasts, we try not to date them. It's called evergreen content. So, so mentioning dates is always kind of like, Oh, don't say dates. Cause then all of a sudden this is outdated the minute somebody listens to it. But if, if you're listening to this, that's the, that's the gold underneath all this is when we look forward, we're like afraid of making some changes because we think, you know, we don't have that much time or it's going to take too much time. There's a skewed thing going on in front of us. But when we look backwards, it's like, wow, where did that time go? So when I say three or four or five years, you know, I, I think a lot of listeners might say, oh, that's a long time. I want to do this quicker. Well, do it in three or four or five years at your right pace and look back and you go, man, that that happened really quick. Um, and then that gives you a better perspective for the future to say, I'm going to I'm going to make some more changes because I got plenty of time in front of me and it moves really fast when I look backwards. Uh, so forgive that tangent. But essentially, once I got through about five years of changing my entire life and going from never traveled to full-time, you know, living essentially without a, a true home base, I realized that I had, I had broken down so many personal, financial, emotional, societal barriers on my own, that that was a guide for other people. And that's where the book came in is I said, well, I've done all these things. I had been writing for four or five years about these experiences and about how I overcame some of them and how other people could do that. 
And then all of a sudden it was just like, a second. There's, there's a manual here, a book here, a guide, something fun for somebody else to start chipping away that stuff. And that's where, you know, the beginner traveler's guide to going nomad is really, it's just a, it's an adulting book. It's a self-help motivation, you know, do the next thing book. It just happens to do with travel. Uh, so anybody who sets good goals, who has, you know, good personal motivation, you know, a lot of those tricks are the same. You just apply them to different areas of your life. But this was, you know, more so from if you've never really traveled much or never been out of the country much, or if you did travel, it was to a resort or with friends and you always had these safety nets. How can you overcome all these little pieces that, that tend to slow you down? Because there's so many little pieces you don't even want to get started. Well, break them down, have these little bite-sized chapters and exercises. And then by the time you're done, you, you have your toolbox and then that whole nomad part is just a choice. Should you want to go full time and, and travel for long periods of time, then it's just a matter of like taking those little tools and expanding upon them because, you know, we just, it's, it's just a little tweak at that point once you, once you have them in your toolbox. That is the key, I think, to where your book hits home is that people, most people have done the things that you talk about but they haven't thought about doing it with their life or with around travel, right? It's like, yeah, if I want to go and run a marathon, I'm going to like work up to it. I'm going to figure it, work my way back and come up with a training program and hold myself, set these goals and hold myself to these standards and, and, you know, maybe get a coach or go with buddies, you know, whatever it is, but you're going to set smaller incremental goals to get up to your big goal. And yet, I feel like with life, and especially when it comes like I'm nomadic or trying to build this lifestyle, it, it's a people feel like, and this is one of the misconceptions that I, I want to break with every almost every podcast we do is like it's not, it doesn't have to be a yes or no, right? Oh my gosh, you're nomadic. Yes, you're nomadic. No, okay, well then you're, you're corporate America, right? Like no, there's such a continuum here, and you did a fantastic job. You're the only person I've ever known who's done it that way. And that, as you mentioned, analytically, where you're like, all right, want this goal being nomadic. Definitely will kill me if I do it right off the bat because I'm not ready for this. Let me go and set these very number-oriented, right, specific goals of I'm not going to be in my house for X amount of days. Now I'm not going to be in my house for this amount of days. Or I'm going to take a flight and go visit this place yeah, because I want to see it, but also because I know it's a step, right? It's a new thing that you haven't done. And John, you did that with, as you mentioned, with TravelCon. Like, oh, here's a thing that is interesting. I'm just going to go do it because it's going to be a step towards something, even if I don't know what that end result is going to be. Like, you're not as analytical maybe as J-Rob being like, I know the end goal and here's how I'm working back. But you've done that as well, John, in your own way of, of, of building towards something. And you kind of talked on this, it, it helped you take the weight off when you set up a bit of a runway. Yeah. And I think uh, one thing I, I was thinking of that I definitely wanted to mention is the fact that, you know, 2018, you know, we uh, talking about dates and time um, looking back, you know, I was able to, because I've been part of the community for a while, I've been able to see everyone else, come in and, you know, who are at different stages and kind of take off and do all of this stuff. And I think it started to really hit me like, okay, I've seen, you know, all of these people go from 
corporate job or whatever stage, or even if they were already location independent to do the next thing that, you know, so many years before they would have no clue of that. That's what they would be doing. And all of that gave me so much hope and promise that, okay, I may not have it all figured out now, but I have the next step that I'm going to work towards and I'm going to try to make it a journey, a, you know, make, have fun along the way, or at least just try not to get overwhelmed. Cause I, I went through some time where I was the, Oh, I should have done this X number of years ago or whatever. And then after, after a while, it's like, you know, do it now and see what happens. And then it doesn't have to be perfect. And that really makes a huge difference because I also see how, yeah, having some some plans and goals along the way, but also that kind of that slow burn, you're incrementally adding things that will eventually help you. If I had, uh, if the pandemic hadn't happened, not that I wanted it to, but if that hadn't happened, I may not have had uh, the you know the money to to go to Antarctica this year. Um, I was saving, but you know th- there were all sorts of different things that I try to think of as okay. I don't know this now, but I'm I'm learning, and some stuff I don't know that I've already learned that maybe you know on down the road I'll realize. Oh yeah, I've done that, or I I do know that, but it takes some incremental um, steps to kind of get there, and just knowing that that is a framework that I can work in, it it just makes going forward into a bit of a gray area or or the dark, so to speak, sometimes um, a little bit more comfortable because I, I am curious, and that's kind of my whole thing, <laughs> and uh, I want you know, more people to be curious about everything, but uh, because that's kind of how we, that's how we grow and um, taking a chance on yourself and realizing that there's other people that are doing things too, and you don't have to follow everything that they're doing, but just know that there's, there's always a possibility uh, for, for you and what you want to do. Yeah. All of that kind of helped me and helps me still keep going. (laughs) So, so I had to jump in here and, and, and say, John and I actually met, it was a world domination summit, right? Or was it a, yeah. it was a world domination summit. So, yeah. yeah. So, so one of the things that I chose to make a priority was at some point I was like, okay, you're writing, you're creating a blog, you're creating this, this thing. You need to start going to places where these people are at that are doing these things and learn from them. So I actually made it a, a point four or five years ago. All right, you're going to go to one conference a year minimum, if not two, and invest in yourself to do those things. And John and I met back at World Domination Summit, and I was just looking back. I think it's 2019. Um, by the way, you forgot that I bought and sold a van, Travis. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but we we met. It, it, it world domination summit and mark was there and i just remember you know i remember john and i are, are good friends now and 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 i just remember sitting there with him and mark and john was on fire like he was like you could just you could feel the 
emotion intensity, the, the, the desire for him to, to, to go. And you're right. Mark wasn't quite there yet. And I think it took him a long, long time to get there. Um, it's the same thing with my father, you know, you know, our family and friends and those people that are worried about us, they're, they're worried. They're genuinely worried about us because they don't understand what we're doing. You know, five years ago, my dad looked at me and he's like, dude, like, aren't you stressed all the time? Aren't, aren't you just worried and scared and all these things? And this was right when I had, had gotten rid of all of my clients, all of my income, because they were location dependent clients. And I had to make that jump. And I, and my income was went from hundred percent to about 10% within a day. Um, and he's like, aren't you just freaked out and scared and all this stuff. And it, and it was coming from the right place for the first two or three years. He was wildly reluctant. And now he, and my dad's not the kind of guy that to give compliments or, or to, to give you a pat on the back very easily. And that's probably an understatement. Um, but he, he has said many times unprovoked, wow, like you are doing so much stuff. Your, your, your life is cool. He's like, I, I never understood it. You know, your life is, is really cool right now. You're doing amazing things more than I ever thought you were going to do back when you started these crazy things. Uh, so, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting full circle moment here with me and John and, and everybody from four or five years ago and seeing where everybody's come to. <laughs> it's funny you I, say I, that too about your 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 dad. Like my mom, kind of the same same way. You know, she she still worries when I go to different countries that she's not familiar with, but she knows that that's my thing now, and she's very supportive. Like sometimes it takes me aback because I'm like, really, you you're encouraging. I mean, it just it's it, but it's so nice to to see that. And, um, and yeah, and definitely Mark, I mean, he's, he's kind of on fire now with so many other things. And I think we're going to be able to, to create a lot of different stuff uh, together, which is even, even better. Um, definitely not something that I had thought about. I mean, I really didn't know how all of this was going to to turn out. And of course, you know, it, it, it's still going <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. And it, it kind of makes it uh, fun and, you know, that's one thing I love about travel is that you can plan out where you're going and, and all of this, but there's always something that's going to happen that's going to be unexpected, serendipitous, crazy, something that uh, is going to be a beautiful memory. And uh, yeah, that's that's life. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys hit the nail on the head with, with people in our lives, right? Um, it, it's going to, we, anyone listening and anyone who I've ever had on the show, you know, when we've talked about them making a leap or doing something that's out of out of the norm, right? Traveling to countries that that typical people wouldn't travel to, getting rid of clients, leaving your job, right? All of these things that for us are a bit commonplace because of the people we surround ourselves with, but to to a regular standard person is like, what is going on here? And so I've always seen it that. I can draw a line in the sand and essentially say, who is going to be successful in, in doing this and building this lifestyle by successful. I mean, not that they have all that, that they figure it all out right away that we know that's not the case, but who's going to be successful. Meaning, Hey, they've, they've gone down that path and they continue to go down that path. John continues to go down his path. J Rob, you continue to go down your path. I continue to go down my path, right? It's not that we figure it all out once, but we continue on that journey and then who ends up saying they want to do it and not doing it and not doing it and not doing it. And then those three, four five years that you all talked about is like being very pivotal in your pivotal in your last, you know, phase of life 
you know, three, four or five years from now, they, they haven't done it. The only differentiating factor is not the money they have saved in the bank. I mean, that helps, right? If you're doing certain things, if you want to go to Antarctica, it helps that money saved in the bank, right? But it's not the money they haven't saved in the bank. It's not the skills that they had or the job profession that they had before. It's not where they grew up, right? It's not if they're married or not married or single or have kids or don't have kids. None of that. It really comes down to, do you have a supportive community around you of other people who are doing it or have done it that you can lean on? Because there will inevitably be times where the strongest person, even after you fire those 90% of clients, you're like, yeah, I got this. Where there's that doubt that comes in like, wait a second. And it might be when you have a conversation with someone who has your best interest at heart, but says, uh, this is a little weird. Why are you doing that? Because we're human, right? And we listen. We're like, why am I doing this? Like, can I do this? I don't know. And that's when you need that community of people around you to say, you can do it. Here's what I've done. Maybe give practical advice. Maybe just give high fives, hugs, motivation, pep talks, whatever. But that is the one differentiating factor. The people who have done it, John, you and J-Rob have done it, right? I didn't even know that you met at that WDS. I knew you knew each other. I knew you were friends, but like you leaned on each other. You leaned on the bigger location in the group as a whole. That's why you came to Camp Indy, leaned on the people at Camp Indy. And the people who don't get out and do that and try to do it in a vacuum on their own, it is too hard of a boulder to push, you know? And anytime that I feel like I'm struggling in this lifestyle or like not getting where I need to go, inevitably when I take a step back and look at it, it's because I'm trying to do it on my own without the support of others. So one of the things that you haven't, so one of the things that we haven't mentioned this whole thing we've we've mentioned these external forces we've mentioned family friends you know social and stuff but the negative self-talk and you talk about having people around you that have done it or in a, and and i take offense to that i have not done it <laughs> you are so you are in shit out as Oaxaca, mexico right. in a co-living space you've done what you set out right. five years ago yeah. you're nomadic I, yeah, I hear you, but I think it's funny because John and I come to our community with with just as many um, concerns and problems and needing help as we do answers, if not more, of the concerns and problems and help me through this. So, you know, it's not having a it's not it's not being around people that have done it so much as it is people that are working through it the same way that you are is is almost more important than than having a, a resource of somebody who has has achieved or something like that. So, and I know that's semantics, but that's my, that's my jam. Um, I'm going to overthink it. Um, but so, yeah, I just wanted to, to interject that. <laughs> well, I think that's the important differentiator is like people could listen and say, well, Trav, you have a podcast, you, you've coached people to leave their job. You have a community, you have this event you're doing, you've done it. And I'll be like, yeah, I, I have done those things. Do I think I've, as you mentioned, done it? Like, am I done? Have I reached the end? And now, no, I mean, there's tons of things that I now have to lean on. For example, running an event of this size, right? I'm stressed out. It's stressful. You have to put a lot of money out. It's it, You have to sell a bunch of tickets. You have to get speakers in. You have to handle logistics, right? Like it, it's something that's bigger than what I've done before. But when the carrot at the end of the stick is a, is is juicy enough, right? Carrots aren't really juicy, right? But uh, you get it, get it. Like, and I know that if we can pull it off and when we pull it off, the experiences that people will have is enough to keep going. But that doesn't mean 
that I should sit there and be like, all right, well, that's enough to keep going. You do it alone, right? Like I called my buddy who just ran a 300 person conference. Hey man, when did you sell most of your tickets? He was like, not that I want, if you guys are way listening, I don't want you waiting the last minute. But he said, I sold a hundred tickets the day before the conference. I don't know why everyone waited that late, but I sold it. And I was like, no, he's like, I swear to you. Like we kept it open for anyone who would come last minute and tons of people came. So, you know, I'm leaning on him because I'm sitting there stressed out like about that. And so you make a great point, J-Rob, like you don't do it and then you're done. You do something and then you get to that. And then because we're all curious, we say, well, what's what's the next thing? How am I pushing my comfort zone a little more? How am I pushing my comfort zone a little more? And then because we're in a community, giving back. If someone comes to me and says, hey, I'm running this event. Do you have any advice? Well, now I can sit there and say, yes, I've run different events, X, Y, and Z, right? But there's always people who have done more, traveled to more countries, been a nomadic longer, make more money, have more stamps in their passport, have gone to Antarctica or haven't gone to Antarctica, right? Like there's all these things that that people will do that's bigger and or better than us. And that's what I like about it, right? Is that we just keep shooting to a to a different target and kind of going up those rungs. No, I just, uh, you know, I, I just had a thought because, you know, I'm in this co-living facility. I've been here for about three weeks now. And this is, you know, so one of the things I figured out about six months ago, I, I used to travel by a host, hostels, maybe an Airbnb by myself. But one of the things that through through having virtual communities and attending events on my own and just knowing who I am is that I need a community. I need, you know, I need a hug every once in a while. I need a high five. I need, you know, the in-person uh, relationships. And I, I kind of started testing that last fall when I was in Cap Verde and I did a digital nomad pop-up where there was about 12, 16 people who were all going to be in one place for about a month or two months so that you could immediately plug into some people with similar uh similar things going on in their lives and go to the co-working space and they were all similar people. So here, same thing. I showed up and and it's immediate community. You're not going to be best friends with these people immediately and you're still going to need to grow with these people. But after the course of a week or two, it's drastically different than whenever you stay in like an Airbnb or VRBO and you don't have access to that. <laughs> so one of the one of the guys who's been here since I've been here left this morning and he he, while he's done a little bit of this type of, uh, of community, uh, co-living type thing, he came, he, he was saying his goodbyes this morning and, and he came with tears in his eyes. Um, and he, and he, first thing he said was, I'm really bad at goodbyes. He had, he had made some of the rounds and he was coming around to me and we've had these deep conversations every morning over coffee. He and I were one of the first ones up and, and we'd just sit there and I would put off going to work because that's where it's at is, is spending time with people and, and having these conversations about life. And he came to me with tears in his eyes and he was, you know, kind of losing. And he's like, I've never had this experience before. I never expected this to happen. Just coming to a place where there is community, where there are people that, that are real souls in person and you get to spend actual time with them on a regular basis. And to me, that's the root of all this, you know, are you gonna, are you gonna have a life-changing, um, a relationship experience with somebody in two or three days, not necessarily, but if you have the right environment and you have the, the right pieces parts, you're a heck of a lot more likely to do that than you are in other places in life. Um, so, you know, for me, that's, that's the gold is, is can you, 
can you know what you need, what the things that are going to move your needle and then make sure you're going towards those things. And then you, and then once you do that, you have those experiences like I had this morning that just solidify the fact that, you know, if I was second guessing, Hey, you need to get to work. You should probably not be sitting here and having these conversations every morning. That's the reinforcement that says, no, you're doing it right. You're going in the right direction. You're, you're feeding your soul you're feeding your life. You're, you're building the thing that you want to be building. Um, so so yeah, that's just another nod to to real community in life, you know, all that in in person community. I'll I'll chime in on that for sure. Yeah, I mean, my my experiment in Tbilisi, Georgia, was kind of like I never really had uh, done a digital nomad thing internationally, and so I checked in for it was twenty days, so it was kind of short um, compared to what a lot of people do, but. Um, it was, it was instant community and you just had such a good balance of kind of everything where, you know, we would hang out in the lounge after, after the day was, was done, but by 11 or 12, you know, at midnight, then everybody was done and going to bed because they had worked the next day. So it was kind of a good mix. Uh, the age range was very big. Um, you know, I just, uh, well, at the time I was, still 49, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was probably one of you the, you could old- be 49 forever, John, well, we <laughs> won't say anything. I'm just going backwards now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was great to have that mix of different age and different people doing different things. And I mean, there was a writer who actually physically brought a typewriter. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, it was like just such a mixture of people, but like we all had, you know, our conversations and then on weekends, sometimes we go hiking and, but I, yeah, it was, I had never experienced anything like that. And a lot of the other people that had stayed there also had not been in that type of uh, facility. So uh, I definitely would be interested in doing that again, because it really was a good mix of kind of everything um, that you would want in this type of lifestyle. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, for me, I'm, you know, I kind of wanted to touch on this earlier just because it's, you know, it's reality is, uh, the, there are definitely struggles of, you know, I'm in another country that I won't be here for, you know, for too long. I want to still go out and see everything, but I have things to do, or I should be doing things. And so there's, there's that balance. And sometimes, uh, the, uh, I think I don't really need to do this. I'm just going to go out and <laughs> explore for a while. Um, I mean, no, no regrets, but it is something to, uh, you know, to, to balance. And I, I had to do that in uh, Buenos Aires, um, was there two weeks on two different occasions and still really didn't see uh, a whole lot of Buenos Aires because I, you know, I, I couldn't, I had to, to, to put in some work, but I did get to see a lot of it and I did get to experience um, something that I wouldn't have been able to do here. And so I, I think that's the difference is this is my life. This isn't, this isn't a vacation. And, you know, that's still something that a lot of people don't quite understand. I've heard people say, you know, Oh, how, how are you doing since you retired? I'm like, I'm not retired. <laughs> uh, that's Mark. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm re uh, I, I'm starting a different phase of life. Uh, you know, I called it de-employment when I left my job because it's, it was voluntary. It was all planned <laughs> thanks to Camp Indy, but, um, but yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to 
fit my day in the best as possible. I don't have to get up to go to a job. You know, it's all kind of self-management, but uh, still um, there's not been one millisecond of regret since I, since I left, not, not even one. (laughs) And I think that is the most important point. I think John, that's why your mom and you said like now there's times you're shocked that she's as supportive as she is. And J-Rob, you told the story of your dad and my dad, very similar, probably probably very similar personality types between your dad and my dad, where my mom's like, I'm glad you're doing this. You might worry, but she, she's just always a champion. Like, yeah, go for it, this and that. And my dad, you know, much more, he's owned his own company, 30 years, same company. It was a family company, you know, very like, here's kind of the way his life was structured. Right. And, you know, I remember when I quit my teaching job, he, he was the only person, not even in a bad way, who was like, I think you should reconsider this. You know, there are other people like, oh, that's cool, whatever, you know, but he was giving it thought. Like it's cause he was thought, he's like, listen, we're coming. It was 2008. We're coming into recession. We're in a recession. Like you're lucky to have a teaching job. It's going to be, and all this. So he was, he thought very hard about it. And I was just like, this isn't me. Like, I don't care if this is the timing or not the timing. There, There's never going to be, you know, the perfect time. I got to do it. And and we've talked at length about that during the show, but I did it. And, you know, it was, it was probably 12 years later. Not that he hasn't been supportive throughout, right? He, you know, but I remember I just had come home from something. And this is not only, it's only a couple of years ago, maybe only two years ago. And uh, I remember being like, this is really amazing what you've built. And I'm really proud of you. And I'm really proud of like, and I think it was because I had kids as well. He's like, I'm really proud to see how much time you get to spend with them and how you're showing them the world. And we had gone on family trips, you know, where they came with us. And so it was, uh, it was an incredible experience that, as you mentioned, J-Rob, like it felt like I had been fulfilled. Like I didn't know my path. I, of course it wasn't easy, but I got to a point where even my dad, who was the one who was trying to protect me the most, got to a point where he's like, you know what? Like you're, you're a man, like you, you, you've done it. Like, I'm so proud of you to be able to, to, that you push through this. And so I think the beauty of it is, is what you said, John, we're like, you haven't regretted it. And even though it's been hard and different things have happened when people see that in you, when people see you doing it and being honest about it, and J-Rob, you doing it, like I, I have diabetes, I'm still doing it. Like, yeah, I got this massive setback right as I was gaining some traction, right? As I kind of maybe felt a bit more comfortable. Now I have to figure out a huge new thing with traveling that that some people would have just given up and be like, I gave it a shot. When they see that happening, that's, I think, when they realize that it isn't a vacation. It's like, this is something much deeper. And I, I really want to stress i'm so proud of both of you for helping inspire other people's j-rob through your book john through all the stuff that you're putting on instagram and facebook and and the way that you've really kind of taken on and said i'm pushing my comfort zone and i'm telling my story on social so that other people who might feel like they're stuck in a corporate job or this type of setting can get out it, it it's that ripple effect through our real stories that that moves the needle for people who are sitting listening to this maybe in their in their job and saying, I want to be able to do it too. And then uh, I can't thank guys enough for for coming to camp and being at camp. And if other people come to camp, as you mentioned, creating that bond in person, 
not just I heard J-Rob, I heard John on a podcast or, hey, I've seen him on a Zoom call. But yeah, look, I'm poking them. They're real people. Like they have doubts, but they also are still doing it no matter what. So I just want to thank you guys for always being such an incredible support system for me and the stuff that we are doing. Absolutely. Yeah. If if I could somehow, yeah, I think that, you know, once, once you kind of finally break that barrier that, and start going, you know, you're, you always are like, oh, I wish I had done this earlier. So you, you can't change time, but what you can try to do is like, uh, give that energy to somebody else. So when mm. I see younger people, you know, starting to to do all of this stuff, I'm like, yes, they're doing it. You know, I'm, I, I think there was a time maybe I was jealous, but then now I'm just like, you know, no, I, I think it's awesome that there's so many more opportunities now and people are learning about this stuff. Um, when I left my job in 2008, <laughs> right before the recession, I had no plan. I had no other person to look to or, you know, figure out anything with. So when I came back, I was like, now what? Um, and so I ended up getting another job because I just had no, I didn't know what to do. Um, but, you know, that was, but that even that experience that I had was kind of one of the many layers that, you know, got me to this point. And um, I thought, yeah, I have quit my job before. <laughs> so uh, this doing it again, you know, maybe it was a little, easier because of that but either way um having having all of this experience and and a, a network of people multiple networks of different people with all these conferences that I've gone to it's it's kind of given me so many more options and uh different directions that that I can tap into um and a lot more resources and knowledge and yeah so <laughs> So, so yeah, my, my parting shot would be that, you know, I always tell people that I treated one messy life for a different messy life, just with, with, with more adventure and a different scene every day. Like we still have to deal with medical issues and, and housing and bills and taxes and all of the things we're dealing with them. We're just choosing to deal with them in a, in a different way that, that feeds our soul in the way that we want it to be fed, which is, you know, travel experience and more travel's not the right word. It's experiencing the world. It's experiencing the people in it. It's getting rid of some of those impressions and the um, programming that maybe you've had as a, as a United States citizen for the past 20, 30, 40 years of your life to say, you know what, I don't want to take someone else's opinion. I want to go experience those things and those people so that I can form my own opinions in real life. Um, and, you know, John mentioned the word jealous just in passing there. And it, and it, it struck a visceral nerve uh, because I'm no longer jealous of anybody because when I look at my track record of, of the past couple of years and whenever, and track record is not the right word, when I reflect and when I, when I have gratitude for where I'm at and what I'm doing and the people that I'm meeting and the experiences that I have, when I look at my monumentous moments list, there is more stuff, more amazing adventure in a month or a year than I saw for the entire previous 35 years before I started these things. And when you stack four or five of the, those years that are, you know, you're just going through the life motions, but because there's so many unique experiences on an everyday basis, it feels like adventure every single day, even through the monotony of having to make a living, deal with medical stuff. Like 
you know, that's the stuff that keeps you going. And, you know, Travis, you mentioned it earlier, you know, it's these little moments that keep you going. And when you look and, and have gratitude for these things, you're like, you know, I had somebody ask me the other day, now that you have type one diabetes, are you going to go back to the U S where you can you know have access to healthcare and be safer? And I literally fell over because I was so surprised by that question. And I didn't understand it. I'm like, no, like, I'm going to figure it out. Like, that's the answer. I don't even know how to be more eloquent. Like, um, so yeah, just, you know, it, it's a great lifestyle. Um, and if, and if I wake up tomorrow and it's no longer serving me, I can always go back to those things, you know, in the previous life, I've done those things before I can do them again. Anybody who's listening to this, you know, it, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not giving up a thing. You're not, uh, burning a bridge. Hopefully you're not, you don't close a door. You just, leave the door open behind you, hopefully. So anything that you've done in your life, you bought a house, you've, you've done all these things. You could do all of those things again, because you already experienced it. So experience something else. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you guys so much. If you got, if you're listening to this and no matter where you are on the journey, this is the important thing to realize uh, as Jason and John mentioned earlier, you're not done, right? Whether you're starting out, whether you're in a job right now and you haven't left yet, and you're like, I just know that I don't fit in this job. I don't want to be here forever. Um, Or you're someone who's gotten out of that and started down on the path. And you're saying, I need to surround myself with other people who are doing this. Other digital nomads, other entrepreneurs, other travelers, other adventurers. Wherever you are on that continuum, there's going to be other people at Camp Indy who are there as well. And that's why we go through all this effort and this stress um, to, to put together an event to make those magical moments happen. Because it's not about me as an individual or J-Rob as you an individual or John as you an individual. It's about bringing the individuals together and saying, wow, in a year, if we reflect on what happened at Camp Indy, I can't tell you everything that's going to happen, but there's going to be things that are way better, more impactful and, and have a, you know, and have a real change in people's lives than, than I could imagine. And so that's, uh, you guys have talked about it at length with events and, and just being on people and putting yourself in those situations. So if you want to join us, me, J-Rob, John, you can check it out, campindie.com. Uh, I am going to timestamp it. I am going to make it not evergreen because it is happening at a specific date. So if you're listening to this later, check out the website. Hopefully we've got another one coming. But if you're listening when this comes out, June 16th through 19th, 2023, you can get all the details. It's about two hours north of New York City. We will all be there with a hundred of other amazing, amazing people as well. So you can still get your tickets. Um, As we get out of here, the one phrase that's just keeps going through in my mind is you use this chair another phrase i think i'm going to steal and i don't even know if you knew you use this but you use the term you said start stacking memorable moments and i just like that imagery to me is like you might as well start stacking them we don't know what it holds right we we know where we've been we know what's happened why don't we just start stacking these memorable moments up and, uh, and so I want to just, as we get out of here, if you guys would say with me on three, we'll just say start stacking because I think that's such a powerful imagery. And when you sent us, I'll, I'll just give everyone a little bit of a uh, behind the curtain look here in our WhatsApp group. When I was like, hey guys, can you hop on and record this podcast? And, and you both said, yes, there was, <laughs> you sent a message this morning, which is your memorable moments spreadsheet, like your, your doc with all these different dates. And we read it and we're like, 
Okay, A-Rob is stacking here. J-Rob is stacking, and he continues to stack. So on three, let's just end it with start stacking. How's that sound, guys? Good? Here we go. One, two, three. Start stacking. stacking. (laughs) Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you all for listening. I saw you on my way. my way through I saw you and I'll see you again someday